Hi, and welcome to the Digital Health Roundtable. I'm your host, Dr. Matt Sabolsky. This is a regular panel discussion held with the brightest minds in the healthcare industry. We host collaborative conversations from all physicians, patients, scientists, creatives, and executives devoting their efforts to putting the care back into healthcare. We cover it all from delivery pharmaceutical life science, digital health, mental health, retail health, and anything anyone's doing with an innovative intent in the market. Stay tuned for a special episode of the Digital Health Roundtable. Hi, and welcome to episode two of the Digital Health Roundtable with Laura Street. Uh, in our first episode, we sort of laid a groundwork of what Loristry was, what the solution was, uh, and we've heard from our experts about um, various important uh, changes and influences that a tool like this might offer enterprise, women, uh, and the health of children. Um, before we get started, in case you missed the first episode, uh, I would like for our guests to introduce themselves and uh, tell us a little bit about what they do. And um, we'll start with uh, Linda Crabe. Yes. Hi, my name is Linda Crabe. I'm the CEO and founder of Laura Street. Uh, by background, I'm a pediatric and neonatal critical care nurse and spent a number of years working with children and families uh, with conditions such as prematurity, uh, rare diseases, and uh, various developmental conditions. Um, following an, uh, the completion of an MBA at the Yale School of Management, I went into consulting and I'm the former national uh, pediatric segment leader for Deloitte and worked as the Northeast U.S. market leader uh, in healthcare for PricewaterhouseCoopers as a client relationship executive. Ron. Thanks, Matt. Ron Fontanetta, for most of my career, I was uh, serving on the leadership team of a global uh, and international uh, consulting firm uh, in the HR space. My particular focus was leading uh, efforts around healthcare, serving some of the nation's largest clients, former board member of the Business Group on Health, and currently serving as an independent consultant to a variety of entities uh, who are delivering value in different aspects of population health, ranging from cancer to mental health to cardiometabolic and associated other areas. Uh, and also, Deb Hicks, uh, you're back with us again also. Hi, happy to be here. Deb Hicks, um, I have had a career extensively in human resources. I actually started in the leadership development space and then moved into uh, two decades of being the chief people and culture officer in both academic, healthcare, and insurance organizations. Um, and since then, I've launched my own uh, consulting group called Deb Hicks and Associates, and we do HR consulting, we do leadership advising, as well as executive coaching. Nice to be here. It's good. It's good to have you back. Um, for those listening, uh, just want to implore you, go listen to the first episode. Um, we laid down some really important groundwork and ground rules about um, the solution that we're going to be talking about today, which leads me to uh, Linda and asking you this question, which is, um, you do have a solution. So how did you get here, especially when you consider things like um, workforce needs or even like a national security issue with the health of children, uh, unique needs for women at work, et cetera? 
Well, I'm I'm really fortunate that I've had um, a vast um, experience set around um, the solution that I've created. So um, I had an experience uh, myself as a parent uh, on a three-year diagnostic journey with my youngest daughter. Um, I worked as an advocate for children with special health care needs. Um, I think I mentioned I'm a you know I'm a registered nurse, so I've worked uh, for several decades uh, with directly with families and with children. We we've known for for six decades now um, that uh, children and their needs, particularly around early development, um, are are critically important to workforce. Um, we've uh, known since the '60s, in fact, that children. Um, have a, a profound impact on how people experience work and, and their day-to-day -day lives. This is a, as a consumer-facing product. You said it was the first of its kind. What do you mean by that? So Loristry um, is the has been recognized by the International uh, SNOMED CEO as the first product uh, that is for a consumer that takes their health observations and maps them to global health codes. And, and the reason that's so important, so uh, we made the decision to go with um, SNOMED, and SNOMED uh, is recognized by the National Library of Medicine. Uh, it's recognized by over 80 nations globally, um, and it, 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 it provides us with a common language to describe clinical care and, and various uh, aspects of the social determinants of health and environmental determinants of health. So, for example, um, an observation of another person being happy um, has a unique code, uh, which is important uh, for one of the uh, features of our app is that the parent can track and observe the emotional and feeling states of their child. So, um, by mapping to SNOMED, we've actually created um, the world's first product that actually provides a unique uh, data set uh, that somebody can use for their own personal health and benefit. Um, and this links to your overall theme, right, which is a story. Uh, mostly the story is between mother and child, but there are some implied stories with your tool and your solution, which is to the enterprise and to the life cycle of work itself. So, so given what Linda said, uh, the question becomes for Loristry where they're headed. There are solutions like this for HR, for enterprise to consider the employee, right? But there are changing demographics. There's a life cycle of the employee to consider. Uh, Deb, Ron, uh, maybe you have some insights here on a solution like this and what it might mean for um, where, where we're headed. Matt, I'll start by offering that the uh, focus on benefits that serve and support the family are, uh, are incredibly uh, of interest to employers today. Any broad mandate that employers are trying to uh, execute around well-being for the employee by necessity needs to contemplate the implications of, of the family. And a large uh, degree of what we see in the data is uh, issues that emanate from, from children uh, from adolescents and, and other like cohorts. So employers are, have a keen interest in um, being able to respond and implement solutions that have the benefit of recognizing some of the trends that have manifested in particularly acute ways in the last 24 months and solutions that uh, address family needs 
or caregiving needs are of particular interest to employers today because it correlates very directly with the messaging that they're trying to send to their employees around the commitment of the organization to well-being, the commitment of the organization to diversity, equity, and inclusion, and the commitment of the organization to supporting employees who are trying to reconcile caregiving needs with ongoing work needs. Yeah, it's a fascinating um, shift that's occurred for a whole multitude of reasons, but I'm sort of humored by the fact, even in my introduction, since I grew up in a certain era in organizations, we didn't talk about also being mothers. We were titles, we were promoted, but we didn't talk about our families much. Nothing has changed more drastically than that. Um, And the demand of people coming into the work place, not only to have it recognized, but have it supported in new and different ways. I mean, in many ways, there's been a whole history over time where women came into the workforce as far back in, you know, I, my recollection anyway, World War II, and then you, you know, drop in to take, to work a little bit, then you go back out to take care of an elder person, or you come back because you have a little more time than you, and that is so bad for productivity. And there's a lot of data that supports the importance and value of women to organizations on results. So the moment now and post, as Ron alluded to, the last 24 months, none of this is really new, but the expectations of supporting an employee truly through a life cycle. Um, In my career early on, supporting a life cycle meant you ordered, you offered some sort of childcare service. Um, you offered a dependent care when your kids go to school, you offer a retirement plan. Then we got, a, we thought we were getting really fancy. We offered a little bit like fitness benefits and then we offered mindfulness. But right now the workforce is demanding that they want to work and they want to work in a way that they can bring their whole self to work. And that truly is the dream of inclusion in organizations, quite frankly, as well. And the missing gap in the particular life cycle is the relationship between the parent and the child, because they're often working. But if there were a way for them to feel that connection, to feel like that connection is building both a beautiful story of their child and potentially managing concerns, risks, and support to other resources, this would be phenomenal. Linda, thank you, Deb. Linda, you um, have this sort of maxim you mentioned on the last episode and in in some of our pre-calls, which is you like the design of this because it encourages a motherly connection to clinical resources and perhaps community resources. Could you talk a little bit about the linking that Loristry offers to mothers and what your, what your vision is there. Yes. Thanks, Matt. So we've, when we created um, Loristry, the design is very much focused on um, ease of use uh, and beauty and and utility. Uh, You know, I, I, um, I have an art background myself. I, I love beautiful products and we wanted to create something that wasn't, uh, cluttered that wasn't, um, you know, just uh, 
repetitive or, you know, or, or ugly. Um, so the Laura's Tree Baby book is beauty. It has beauty in its own right. So when you're entering information into this uh, storybook, you end up with this beautiful timeline of your baby's life, which you can actually even um, incorporate family history into this. So you can kind of give your baby this gift of your family story. Um, it, it's it's critically important that um, we are asking more and more families all the time. Everybody is being asked to do more of their own healthcare management in collaboration with their care teams. So we've designed so that parents can collect that data in real time. They can update it in real time. We can give them useful lists and reports and information so that they can have then an informed uh conversation with a provider, be that a, a clinician or an early education provider, um, and that the uh, the application is incorporating um, what the what the clinician needs um, as far as data um, to help the family. So we see a ton of apps out there that are kind of asking parents to spend a lot of time collecting data that I'm certain a lot of them um, wouldn't even remember. So, um, you know, how many, uh, what diapers did your baby have on July 4th? You know, who knows? Um, but what we're missing are the quality data points that we really need. Um, so, for example, within Loristry, we've mapped um, all of our um, information around early child development to the latest recommendations of the CDC and the American Academy of Pediatrics. And when your baby misses one of those milestones, we provide uh, essentially kind of flag that um, that entry. Um, and then we provide a way for parents, and many of them I think are unaware, that they actually have the power um, and the authority to self-refer for an evaluation. And that's a protected right. Um, so this would allow them to actually get to care faster. This helps the employer because the uh, programs that do the early intervention services under the IDEA and the ADA are federally and state funded. So everybody comes out ahead with this. The baby gets the referral, the parent feels empowered, uh, and the employer um, helps support uh, the family to get what they need as quickly as possible. Thank you, Linda. Ron, I, I have a question for you regarding what Linda just shared, which is other macro trends for women and this solution and what's happened over the last two years with the pandemic. So, so, Matt, I think there has been uh, an increasing recognition that we, we've had several macro trends come together at once that have created challenges for employer and employee alike. Th those trends uh, that have become quite evident have been a, a precipitous increase in challenges with child and adolescent cohort. Some of these have been rooted in neural development challenges, part of a trend that's been going on in this country and recognized more in recent years, but clearly exacerbated by the dynamics of COVID, including the implications around isolation and, and learning. And, and similarly, there has been an increasing recognition around the challenges of caregiving and the, and the challenges in reconciling caregiving needs with the needs of, of the job. Again, not a new concept per se, but one that has become increasingly exacerbated. And, and so I think em employers in their keen interest in advancing their proposition around well-being, around creating a supportive work environment, are looking for ways to address 
needs and and needs in particular that have not been adequately responded to by traditional benefit programs. So a confluence of demogra longer term demographic trends, shorter term and, and intermediate term challenges that have been uh, uh, well documented through the COVID dynamic and a recognition that that to Deb's earlier point, an employee coming to work with their whole self needs to be reflective of their comfort level that their families are being taken care of. And Lorestry as a really good example of a space that has not been adequately responded to helps address some of those gaps in early childhood development, which more and more employers are recognizing has been a critical need in their population. Ron, that was fantastic. Thank you. Um, Deb, you actually brought up an interesting point about a tool like this, which was infertility. Yeah, um, I also think that, you know, it's so uh, in my last role of CHRO, um, we were every year we would review the case management of high cost challenges for, you know, organizationally across uh, subscribers and members. And we were watching over time the increase in costs around infertility and quite frankly, people having children much later in life. Um, and uh, there are more, there can be a lot more risks about what that means for people in terms of the children that are born uh, as a result of infertility. I also think beyond infertility, there's, you know, in our whole quest for what we say gender equity um, and a lot of gender identity issues and surrogates, there's, you know, the family is broadening in how we view that. And many people are using different means in order to have children. And if there were a tool that people had, whether they gave birth themselves or whether it was through a surrogate or whether it was through you know, themselves and infertility, something that allows them to track what's going on. And you know, I will speak for myself who was one of those late uh, moms who never thought she could reach the level of uh, incompetence of not knowing what to do at 39 <laughs> years old. Um, but having a tool like this, it gives you the power of having data that you can talk to someone about as well. And to Linda's points earlier, and identifying issues that truly don't line up to the benchmarks as opposed to just being a worried mom. Um, so I think that whole trend about infertility, the diversity of families and children coming into the world makes this a beautiful opportunity for Laura Street. I could expand on, on that for a minute. I think those were great points by Deb. W one of the objectives of employers is to find ways of, of democratizing superior healthcare across their population. We, we know from lots of data sets, whether we're talking about cancer, infertility outcomes, mental health, that the success of finding excellent care is often a function of factors such as income, health literacy, um, proximity to urban areas where preeminent medical centers or expertise may exist. And yet when we look at employers across the US and certainly across the world, 
we know that care um, outcomes are very uneven. Um, again, a function of, of, of many factors. And so when, when a tool like Lorestry becomes available and accessible regardless of income, literacy, um, health status, or geography, it gives employers uh, an opportunity and individual consumers an opportunity to find preeminent solutions notwithstanding what their current state in life is. And that is something that we have an opportunity to leapfrog what has been the historic outcomes and results that we have seen in this country and around the world. Ron, that's a great point. Deb, salient points as well. One thing that was mentioned earlier, I think, Deb, you might have said it, you know, these tools have ease. Um, it's easy to incorporate it. It's easy to use it. Um, it's also some beauty in this, right? Like the the narrative of the mother-child relationship has been embedded in uh, human storytelling since the dawn of time. In fact, uh, early stories about creation themselves have mother-child uh, motifs built in it. Um, and these are natural gifts, something to celebrate. And that's what this app also does. Uh, I want to shift over to Linda. Um, why is this solution, amongst others, the preferred solution? First of all, um, it's it's very broad in its inclusivity um, and it, and its depth. Um, so you know, I think um, I think some of our competitors, um, you know, are doing uh, kind of surface work. And what we've tried to do is get really deep into um, the kind of information that's actually meaningful uh, in an encounter with with somebody that's on your care team. We've included uh, ways to use the app uh, for children with special health care needs, with prematurity. Uh, we, we've set this up so that um, the primary account holder, whoever that might be, um, they could be a surrogate and then passing this story down uh, to, to the family uh, whenever they um, whenever they kind of make that transition for the baby. Uh, we've included ways to, in, uh, to include foster families and, and uh, adoptive families into the app. You know, one of the largest and fastest growing populations of children are children with um, what is called children with medical complexity and, and special health care needs. So one in, uh, one in five children um, kind of falls within that within that purview. These children have extraordinarily high health care costs, about $36,000 a year, um, compared to a, a typically developing baby at about $2,000 a year. Um, these families uh, don't are, are, are left out. So um, our competitors do not have um, the uh, the content uh, that these families would need to monitor that baby over time. Um, we uh, provide these beautiful little lists um, and, and the reports that the families would need to kind of keep that data all in one place and, and use it for, the, for their baby's uh, benefit. So we've tried to be very sensitive within the app across the way it looks, the way it feels, the way it operates, um, the, the content inside of it. Um, we've used iconography throughout the application um, to uh, tell tell the story, and it's and it's iconography that is understood at a very primordial level. I can't wait to see those, actually, Linda. Um, let me ask you this: uh, How do employers and enterprise, or maybe interested mothers, get in touch with you? 
so we have a um, we have a website. It's uh, lorestreet.com where you can go and you can um, you can see uh, some of the story behind the app. You can uh, you can uh, identify kind of some of the key features of the app by going to our website. Um, throughout the website, there are places where you can download or get a link to a, to download the app. It's currently on the App Store, so just go to the App Store and type in Laura Street. Um, and you'll be able to find it there. Um, and we're also really excited that we are um, getting the attention of some very innovative employers. So we um, have just uh, closed a deal with um, a leading uh, hospital in the Boston area, um, and they're providing uh, Laura Street to some of their employees, which is, which is fantastic. In episode one, we were setting a stage um, in episodes two, it was talking about the solution itself. And you just mentioned some really important ways for people to get in touch. Um, Deb and Ron talked about how this impacts various metrics that matter to the life cycle and the quality well-being of an employee and an employer. Um, for you, your last take on our first episode was every baby has a story. Uh, what's your last take for this episode two for the audience knowing where to contact you and what this solution does? Well, I think the, the early years, early intervention and early education um, are finally getting uh, the attention they deserve. And we've tried to make a beautiful product that helps parents be partners in care, uh, either with their care team, uh, with their early educators, uh, and with all the people around them who kind of you know, from the it takes a village perspective, help care for a baby. Uh, so we would love it if people would make people aware of the app. Um, employers, if they reach out um, to us about our solution, you know, we want to make sure that uh, this is uh, available in the hands of everyone. So it's a it's a kind of a new beginning. Uh, we're at the end of the year. It's a you know we're getting ready for a new, a new beginning. It's always the, the time of new beginnings. And I really and truly hope that Laura Street um, serves as a way for us to have a new beginning uh, for early child development monitoring. Linda, um, I'm so glad that you joined me on this podcast today. Uh, I'm rooting for you. Thanks for being part of the Digital Health Roundtable. Thanks, Matt. We'll see you next time. This has been Matt Sabolsky with the Digital Health Roundtable. Join us next time for another excellent episode. See you then.